Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. I'm Dr. Enrico Bolgicori, and welcome to another episode of Living a Healthy Life Podcast. Thanks for joining us again. Today, I want to do something fun and take you through a fun story. Uh, so sit back, grab a coffee, and, and listen to this one. I've never really sat down and told this story from front to end ever. And people have always told me, I have to write a book. I have to write a book. And it's called Winning a Million Dollars. We all, we all dream of it, and uh, these days a million dollars doesn't go too far, but <clears throat> growing up, you know, w- winning a million dollars was the big thing. And I remember my father, you know, growing up, uh, his English wasn't great as an Italian immigrant to Canada, and, uh, but yet he, wrote, he ran his own business in construction and did quotes and met people and was very endearing. And uh, whenever we go to, like, the grocery store or the bank or anything like that, it would be like, hey, how can I help you? And he's like, oh, I could take a million dollars, please. And usually people would laugh. It was, it was just a cool and endearing thing that he said. And I always caught that. And then, you know, as the years went by, I'm like, oh, dad, stop it with the million dollar thing. But he'd always say it. I'll take a million dollars. And then sometimes people would play with him, like, at the convenience store and be like, yeah, you want that in ones or tens? And he'd be like, oh, whatever you got. I'll just put it in. As long as it fits in a briefcase, I'll take that. And he'd just be fun with it. And it would always make people laugh. It was his thing. And he also always played the weekly lottery. And up in Canada, it was it was very similar to what we have here, Mega Millions, Powerball. Uh, it was the Lotto Max and 649 in Canada. He was playing the, the Lotto Max. And, uh, and um, he goes in to check it. And he checks it and he sees the zeros on the little, you know, that little red number screen. He, he sees it and he's like, oh, what the... Puts on his glasses and like runs to the teller. He's like, hey, scan this for me because this teller knows him from all the years that he's been there. And he's like, Joe, you won. He's like, yeah, I know, 10,000. And he's like, no, 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 a million. And my dad's like, whoa, I missed a couple zeros. This is amazing. He won, He wins a million dollars. So in Canada at that time in 2014, the Lotto Max had a cap of 50 million. I think it's 60 million now. So once, you know, no winners, no winners each week, it just keeps getting higher and higher, but it caps at 50 million. Then at 50 million, they will have additional prizes of 1 million. So that's what he he won. He's like, why couldn't I have won the $50 million jackpot? I'm like, dad, you won. It's amazing. Um, so he had won the extra prize. So what, they draw the first number and that, that one would be the $50 million jackpot. Then they'll draw another seven numbers and that will be the first prize. And then another seven numbers, that'll be the second prize. So yada, 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 you go down the list and then his came up for a million dollar prize. And there was no other person that had the same number. So he got to keep the full pot, a million dollars, yada, yada, yada. Wonderful. In Canada, you don't pay taxes on it. So sweet. He kept the whole million dollars. And that's the ending of the story. I'm going to rewind and go right to the beginning like a Hollywood film. We started off with the with the, the climax of the story, winning a million dollars, and then going all the way back to 2011. Um, I was in the middle of, of getting ready to move my first practice just across the street. We had bought our practice at a school, my wife and I, from a retiring doctor that was there from 1987. So he said started it from scratch and built a, a great following there and uh we were we took over the space and it was august 2020 uh, sorry august 2008 2008 does that make you nauseous that number 
2020 and 2008 are the two years that make my stomach nauseous. So we end up closing on this thing September 2008 and October 2008. You guys probably remember the uh, the crash, right? Yeah. So that's where so 8.9% interest on our business loan and the crash. Great way to start our careers. But anyways, we start there and we fast forward to 2011. We're, we're, we're growing. We're, we're, we're struggling. We're growing. We're making it. And uh, I was just in the kitchen with my dad and uh, I was like, Dad, you know, the Business Development Bank of Canada sent me an email saying because we've been consistent with our payments and we're doing good. They're like, if you need any extra cash up to $50,000, um, here's a quick fill out this application and, and it's guaranteed uh, into your bank account. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want any more debt. This is we're working hard. My dad's like, if you do take that, can I can I have it? I'll pay I'll pay the loan interest. I'll pay the loan monthly because he had just taken over a granite shop. We were trying to convince him to to kind of wrap it up and, and retire already from construction and managing his business. And he had uh, met this other person that was running the shop, and, and the main owner had to leave and go to Brazil and not come back. And my dad was like, you yeah, know, I want to do it. I I, I can do it. I was like, you're crazy. And he's like, but I need granite. I need granite. I need to buy like twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of granite just so I can sell it and store it on there. I'm like, I get it. I know that. I mean, if you think you're going to be successful, yeah, I'd love to support you. My wife was not happy with that decision. Even though I asked her and she's like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing this. We did it. That was mistake number one. You always learn from your mistakes. So my dad's like, I promise uh, I'll pay you back as soon as we sell the granite. I'm like, okay, dad. No problem. Let's let's go with it. Shortly there, that same year, my dad gets diagnosed with colon cancer. So he goes in uh, for a colonoscopy, and uh, they find a tumor growing in his colorectal area. And I, I remember it like yesterday. I was walking through O'Hare Airport coming back from a seminar with Christine, my wife, and uh, I get a, a text from my sibling. It says, Dad has cancer. Three words, text. I stop, sit down. I'm like, I have to process this. That's kind of a kind of a blow there. What's going on? And I did, and you know, got my flight back to Calgary. Sat down with Dad. I said, Dad, what do you want to do? How are you going to tackle this? He's like, I, I don't know. Anyways, it was stage one. The, a few days later, I remember. I remember it was the weekend, and then by Wednesday, we got a call. He gets a call from the from the hospital and saying, Hey, you know, it's it's stage three. Uh, it's it's spread to your lymphatic system because the CT scan results came back. He had a contrast. And uh, yeah, now we sit down again. We had just gone through the numbers on the weekend. Like, look, Dad, stage one has great success rates. We got like a 98% survival rate here. This, this looks good. I mean, you know, talk to your oncologist, work with them. I'm going to help you from the natural side. We're going to get through it. You're going to get through this. And then, you know, we told him, he's like, oh, man, stage three, 64%. Stage four is, you know, stage four metastasis is like less than 50% survival rate. And so now on Wednesday, we have to sit down and be like, he's like stage three. Now he's freaking out. Now he's like, it's no longer 98%. Like, no, it's not. You're right. What do you want to do? But we had just gone through everything on chemotherapy, radiation, the drugs. He was like, I don't know if I'll survive these side effects. He was 67, you know, overweight. I'm like, I don't know, Dad. What do you think? He was scared about, you know, the radiation and nerve damage, as you should be. You know, there's side effects that come with this. So, like, you know, what do you want to do? We started with the natural. The thing about Canada is things take a little bit of time to get into the medical system. Um, 
So we use that time. We got them right into naturopathic, IV therapy, high-dose vitamin C, mistletoe, bunch of vitamins and supplements, chiropractic care, acupuncture. We, we, we just put like that. Just start taking care of yourself. And a raw food diet. Um, he starts losing weight. And in there, I knew that the physical, chemical, and emotional stresses are what lead to disease. And those principles ended up saving his life because we worked on the chemical, we worked on the physical, we told him you have to walk. You have to get out there and walk every single day up to five kilometers if you can. So it was getting cold at the time. It was, it was winter 2011 and he would go to the mall and he would walk every single day. Did great for him. Plus the diet that we had him on, he ended up losing 44 pounds in just over three months. It was amazing. It was a raw food diet. We pretty much took away all, anything that you had to cook. It was pretty much just a raw uh, fruit and vegetable diet. He could cook some vegetables, but he would just blend, eat a lot of smoothies, and that's how he would get it down so he could mix his supplements in there as well. And he was very consistent. It's amazing what a cancer diagnosis does to your psyche and how life becomes you know, very serious in that moment. And watching my dad go through that, I was like, wow. You know, he, for the first time, he was shooken and, and, and motivated to do something. It's, it's sad that it takes the last moment of stage three cancer to shake your boots, but hopefully this motivates others to change today. Don't wait for that diagnosis. But he's going through this, and I knew fit mental component. How do we get to this old Italian stubborn guy who doesn't talk, who doesn't say anything, He's passed that trait down to his kids because I don't talk and I keep things in too. I'm like, Dad, hey, you got to let me know about how you're feeling. And in that time, I was developing the basement of our new home or going for a permit or, or something. I forget what we're doing. Getting a permit for something. And uh, he's in the car and he just starts crying, like, like tears. He would get teary-eyed a lot. My dad emotionally wears his heart on his sleeve a little bit. He'll get teary-eyed, but he won't like sob. He was sobbing. In, in the car, I'm like, Dad, are you okay? He's like, yeah. So, and he just starts talking. His brothers growing up, the stresses, losing his mom, not making his dad's funeral. That was years ago. And I was like, wow. Started stressing me out with all the information, but it was really good that I was there and he trusted me and he could lean on me and get that out. It, it was amazing. So we had, the, we had the chemical, we had the physical, and now we had the emotional healing that was taking place. Let's fast forward 99 days from his cancer diagnosis. He's cancer free. They do another CT contrast to prep him for surgery and they don't see the tumor. It was a golf ball, six centimeter diameter tumor, gone. Completely gone, doctors were baffled. They thought uh, the radiation was highly effective. However, the caveat to that is my dad never did do chemotherapy or radiation. He skipped it and did the natural stuff and was waiting to see what that result was going to be. And when he heard it was gone, he looked at me and he's like, you guys are unbelievable. And uh, he's cancer free to today. It's never returned. Pretty cool story, right? So now we're into 20, 2012. And uh, remember, he borrowed that money, right? Well, during that time, we told him he has to quit. And he has to fold up that shop. That was that was that was my my rule moving forward. I said, Dad, we're going to take care of you. We're going to do all the natural things. We're going to throw everything we can at you. Money was really tight for him. I think that's why he really wanted to hang on and work. 
and quit and made him quit and rest. And uh, that, that scared him. And, but he, he agreed and he, and he did stop. He stopped, he folded. And he would tell me over, you know, those next couple of years, 2012, 2013, he was like, I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. I'm like, dad, don't worry. I'm paying it back. It's a monthly, it's a monthly thing. If I had to trade $40,000 for my father, I would trade that every month. Honestly, I would just go take another loan and trade it to keep my dad. And he appreciated that as did I, I didn't want to stress him out. So, but he was adamant and, and, and just like playing the lottery every week and just like saying the, the, to the grocery store clerk, how can I help you today? I'll take a million dollars. That would help, you know, and making them smile. He was consistent with that through my entire life. And he was consistent with, with taking care of himself through that cancer diagnosis. And he was consistent and adamant about paying me back. In the back of my head, I'm like, Dad, you're, you're retired. I mean, your pension's like a thousand bucks a month. Don't, don't stop stressing. You're not, you're not going to pay me back. I don't want you to. I want you to, you know, live your life and enjoy retirement. Don't, don't fixate on this. He fixated. I told him, remember, Dad, mental stress. You're just going to make yourself sick again if you keep doing this. I, we're okay. We're going to be okay. But he was determined. And uh, he started to drop it because we started getting upset. I'm like, Dad, stop bringing it up. And he finally did. And then we fast forward to um, 2014. Um, my wife and I, you know, it, she was about four weeks pregnant, maybe six, four, four to six weeks pregnant. And um, we just, you know, we just found out. And we tell, we, we, we decided we're going to tell um, my parents. And so we tell my parents, you know, uh, we're pregnant with our first child and this was going to be their first grandkid. My dad's ecstatic. My mom's ecstatic. Uh, and then literally a week later, I think it was, you know, 10 or 14 days later, he wins this He wins the lottery. Crazy, right? Do I have to write a book? I think I have to write a book. We got to write a book. This podcast is great that I'm getting it out there. I've never told a story like this before. So thanks for listening. But uh, so we fast forward to 2014. He wins the lottery. And uh, guess what? You know, he shows up to, to my office when I remember it was like a Thursday. And he shows up to my office uh, with an envelope. And, uh, you know, I could hear him coming at the front. I was adjusting a patient. Comes in through the front and he's like, is Enrico, is Enrico in? And, you know, the staff looks at him like, of course he's in. He, he owns the place. He's the only guy here. <laughs> and and he, he waits. uh he comes up to me, he's like, I promised you the $40,000. He cries, I cry, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, thanks, Dad. I really uh, I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, they're still in the home that they had prior to winning the money. They had uh, put in new hardwood floors, uh, painted, put in some cabinets, got a new water tank. I think redid the roof. Uh, but they're still there. Paid me back, uh, paid the, you know, did, did some renovations on their home, have a little nest egg, paid off the remaining little bit of their mortgage they had left. And that's what happens, you know, winning a million dollars. It, I don't feel like it just came out of nowhere. I feel like consistency is what, is what got, got to that point. And at the timing is impeccable. So don't tell me there is no God. There is a God for sure. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed that story, okay? Next week, 
tune in because I'm bringing in this the myth, the legend himself, the naturopathic doctor, Dr. Colin Race, who helped us uh, in Calgary. He's still there, still in the same spot, helping the people in his community. This is going to be an exciting podcast. We're going to talk about oncology. We're going to talk about healthy living. And we're going to give the mic to, to Dr. Race. And uh, he's going to drop some great information for you. I hope you enjoyed that story. Stay healthy. Stay well. And see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.